0: Welcome to the Men of Valor program uh, on a beautiful day here in uh, Minnesota, spring has sprung. We're going to continue our series on the 12 steps, and today we arrive at step nine. Step nine has to be understood in light of step eight, which obviously we talked about last week. So just to reiterate, uh, eight is made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all, and nine is made direct amends to such people whenever possible, Except when to do so would injure them or others. All right, Randy, we're well, going to figure out how to make amends today. You were on a roll. I was not about to interrupt. Him. Well, you know, I'm just trying to include you. Well, that's, that's... <laughs> one of the seven desires of the heart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and you know if anybody needs that that's me
0: well we all need that yeah one. That's, that's
1: for sure yeah. well you know you've been we've been looking forward to this step mark cuz you've referenced it yeah, earlier right. um in earlier shows as we were building up to it and you said well just wait till we get to step 9 cuz step 9 is where you really take action with this that's right
0: that's right so you know basically though it, you know the foundation of uh, these two steps is the list so we did go over that quite a bit and if you need to, uh, if you're listening to this without having listened to 8, uh, I would just encourage you to go look at our archives and find 8. And, uh... I, it, very easy to find, and uh, like you said,
1: it was uh, like the intro, to 8 is the intro to 9.
0: Well, that's right. So it's basically, I think the gist of all the steps uh, are, you know, from 1 to 12 is to own your own story, so... You know, step eight and nine is certainly about uh, a level of humility. It's, it's the recognition of the damage and harm that you've created. And so if you're able to own that, that's a, that's a huge thing. Nine is, is uh, kind of part of that process of uh, shame reduction too, I think, when you're actually making attempts to uh, make direct amends. And we're going to talk about that here as we go along in terms of what direct or indirect means. And uh, it just gives you a sense of uh, purpose, peace, freedom, that you're writing, uh, you know, wrongs that some of them may have been out there for, you know, uh, years and years and years.
1: And yet, I think there's some key importance to the second half of the direction of Step Nine, where it, it says uh, as long as your amends are not causing further harm, deeper yeah. harm uh, to those people and others.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. Let's address that while we're while you mention it. Uh, I think that's the most. Uh, Misunderstood part of Step 9, and I think it's also the one that's used the, the most incorrectly, particularly when it comes to the addict uh, or the husband, uh, in our case here, uh, disclosing the truth. So, in other words, the old position on that is that if you tell your wife about all these things that you've done, uh, you will harm her, you will injure her, you will you know, violate her in ways that uh, she obviously doesn't deserve, which is true. Debbie and I both believe, and Debbie puts it this way, to tell the truth to your wife about all your behaviors and disclosure uh, may injure her, uh, but to not tell the truth uh, at all would, to, would be to harm her uh, in a more permanent way. So in other words, we're going to take the risk of you know disclosing truth that is going to be painful, but for the wife not to know it and for the couple not to experience complete honesty between the two of them you know, when you look at moving forward, complete emotional and spiritual intimacy is not possible, particularly for the addict who thinks all along. And one of his old core beliefs is, you know, if you really knew me, you'd hate me and leave me. So, you know, disclosing all the truth, causing some injury is part of the process. And uh, we see couples get through this all the time. Where we see couples not make it is where the the wife does not have all the truth.
1: And isn't it true, though, Mark, full disclosure is that major step in rebuilding trust. That's right. I mean, yeah. you're you're never really going to uh achieve this level of rebuilt trust with your spouse um without a, an effective full disclosure of all of your uh your past sins with her. That's right.
0: That is right. So, I think the other time the uh, the create harm clause is used is uh, uh let's say like me, you know, you have women that you violated. In other words, you use the power of your position to gain sexual access, or you're a sex offender, you got legally arrested for a variety of things. To make direct amends to the women that you violated would possibly be to injure them again. So in other words, if uh, if you initiated contact with them, it would trigger lots of stuff. And that's generally not recommended, so that would be the other exemption here, I well, think or you, one of the main ones
1: you touched on that for us uh when I brought that up on the earlier show when I said when you were seeking out those that you had injured, you know is it always the uh, a, an effective um, uh, move uh to to contact the women that you were actually yeah. in, and you yeah. said sometimes you're you're actually causing more harm than good well uh, by trying to to right. find them individually and
0: sure, in my case, I was told directly by attorneys involved early on because of the threat of lawsuits you know to not contact them, but I think on a much higher level in lawsuits or no lawsuits, you know uh, just to uh, contact them uninvited you know uh, uh, might be to injure them uh, and also it might not be safe for me because I mean these are obviously women that I acted out with historically. So to make contact with them is just not part of my program, not part well, of my plan.
1: I would also think that it would be um, you're taking some huge risks. Uh, time would seem to play an important role here too. Mm-hmm. If if you were to wait an extended uh, period, of, period time, of time, let's say ten years, yeah, uh, going it should be safe now. You know, for no. me to to contact a, a certain individual uh, who you had had contact with, I. There's probably never a good time. Is there, or does time heal some of those wounds? The
0: only good time that I can think of is if uh, uh, we somehow generally put it out there that we would be willing to apologize directly to any of the uh, people we had harmed, the women we had harmed, and the women ask for that. So in other words, it's uh, uh, they're in therapy, they're getting help, they're they're recognizing that it might be good to hear directly from us, uh, that we're genuinely humble and and uh, repentant about it, uh, you know that could be the case, and I've seen those sessions mm-hmm. work not for myself but for others. But otherwise, I just think it's a good general principle that, the, particularly, you know, the people that we acted out with, you know, th- those are not people that we can uh, uh, have contact with. But I do have other ideas about that in terms of. Being indirect about it.
1: Well, we're happy. We're looking forward to hearing what that is uh, yet on today's show. Because to me, it was bringing us back to that list that you're talking about—the importance and the impact of creating that list of all
0: those you had harmed. That's right. Well, so the first thing about an amends is you're going to make a statement to the uh, people uh, that you've offended. uh, Like in my case, Debbie and the children of owning the fact that you did it, owning the fact that you had these behaviors. In my case, like when I sat down with the kids, I basically just said, I, you know, I betrayed the wedding vows that your mom and I spoke when we were we were married. And uh, I w- went on to say eventually, which is true, that we're going to renew those vows and, you know, uh, dad's going to be faithful to the new ones. Uh, but in the meantime, I just need you to know that I own the fact that I, I, I grossly sinned, I, I made mistakes. And, you know, I offended your mom, and thereby I offended you because your mom at times was disconsolate about that and wasn't as available to you as she needed to be, and, you know, so for that I'm sorry. So, in other words, we're humbly making an apology.
1: And so many of the times you weren't available to the kids.
0: No, that's right. So many times, yeah, it's it was a matter of neglecting them at times because, you know, I was preoccupied. I was also a workaholic. So, I mean, there's also an eighth and ninth step about being a workaholic. Right, I think, right. Me.
1: Yeah. Well, you so. would think that uh, the kids, despite their very um, uh, young age that mm-hmm. they were at the time, yeah. um, kids are uh, always smarter and more in tune uh, with what's going yeah. on in the household than we uh, tend to want to give them credit. And uh, your exceedingly uh, bright three kids, I'm sure uh, were well aware that there were tensions in, in, in the house between mom and dad. Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah. so to turn to them and, and uh, offer your sincere apologies, I'm sure had a strong effect on them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, I would say that like in step eight, we were talking about your list, you know, the top of the list, you know, the the, uh, your your spouse, your children, your extended family, your in-laws, uh, your brothers and sisters, uh, you know, those kinds of people, those are the ones that I think particularly in the first year, you're going to be working on making direct amends to them. And direct right. amends is basically to uh, give that humble apology. The second thing it is, is uh, amends, the word itself, means to change. So uh, part of your amends is to stop the damaging behavior. So Making amends means to make change, and it means to be sober. And we emphasize enough around here our belief that you can remain sober for the rest of your life. So uh, that's definitely a huge part of the amends process. Mm -hmm. The third part of the amends process that we talk about is uh, making restitution. We always think of the story of Zacchaeus, for example, who Jesus called down out of the tree because he was so short. But he was a tax collector, and he had inappropriately collected funds, and so I think he wound up paying paying those funds back six or seven times over Mm -hmm. uh, after Jesus had dinner with him. Jesus had dinner with the tax collector, which was a big deal. And uh, so now, in some cases, you know, like for example, uh, if the husband uh, did spend lots of money or any amount of money for that matter, let's say he spent it on uh, prostitution sites or pornography sites, he spent it uh, directly on uh, massage, parlors. Uh, massage parlors or prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, strip clubs would be another one where you spend money. He had an affair partner on whom he spent money, spent money traveling to see her, hotels, dinners, drinks, gifts. Uh, we're going to, in the full disclosure, by the way, we're going to invite the husband to come up with a, a financial figure of how much he spent on his addiction. And uh, we're obviously going to point out to him in a non shaming way that uh, this is the way he was robbing his family of that income. And uh, so to make amends or to make restitution would be to pay that money back. Now, how do you do that? Well, uh, I have known men as part of their amends who actually took a second job. In other words, they they had a full-time job, and that full-time money belonged to the family uh, anyway. But they figure that if they worked extra you know, to whatever the, the amount was, let's say it was $50,000. Well, you know, that might take you several years of a part-time job. Sure, Uh, sure. But, you know, it's very important to pay the family back. Uh, Sometimes I know Debbie has talked to the wives about, you know, part of the amends might be for the husband to create uh, a fund that the wife has that the husband puts at her discretion and she doesn't need to ask him about it, Mm -hmm. you know, that she could use it to Make purchases that she determines are important or important or to use it for her own uh, reading or trips or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. all I'm saying is that I think the husbands, you know, need to make uh, very special care if they've spent a lot of money on their addiction. So uh, they need to pay that back.
1: Right, Okay. Right. Well, let's take our break oh, at this break. point. Yeah, yeah. break. I'm on a roll. Well, you are on a roll, and I <laughs> hate to, to even put a, a pause sign up for you. Yeah. But uh, when we come back, uh, I want you to continue with this because I think that our listeners are going to benefit greatly from hearing uh, how you describe the various ways that they can make amends. You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor Program.
0: Love me Jesus I stand in all of your amazing ways I worship you as long as I am breathing God you are faithful and true nobody loves me like you
1: Do you struggle with the use of pornography? that's faithful and true.com oh
0: what a song
1: time now for the trigger of the week
0: trigger of the week randy Boy, just as i am introduced to it, and I'm tempted to say it's uh, uh, having one of my teams get beat in the in the uh, March Madness, but which you know is a trigger. You know, there's no doubt about it. But uh, <laughs> so today's trigger
1: is having your bracket busted. Yeah, my bracket
0: <laughs> actually, my bracket is not busted. Uh, my favorite team is busted. That's yeah. that was the problem. Yeah. But in order for for my bracket not to be busted, uh, my favorite team actually had to lose. So I'm not too excited <laughs> about that. But uh, anyway, uh, what I thought would just be a way of generally covering this, our first broadcast in the month of uh, April for us anyway, at least in terms of recording it, uh, is that finally here in Minnesota, the temperatures are warming up, the snow is pretty much all melted, we're starting to see signs of spring, and uh, uh, one of the signs we'll start seeing out there in the world is that uh, people are going to be wearing less clothes. So uh, it's just a very general one that the men you know face uh, around here uh, particularly in the spring and you know spring is a time of planting and heart and planting and uh, i think our sex drive actually in the spring goes up i don't know what it is exactly other than it's that idea that it's time to uh, get busy i guess in terms of uh, our sex drive but uh, so anyway uh, the the lack of uh, clothing and so forth uh, whatever happens in the in the springtime when we start shedding uh, all those uh, Overcoats and things, you know. That's the trigger of the week.
1: I think that especially applies to those that live in a community where they have a college, because oh, you know, uh, if if, if your <laughs> if your travel yeah. on a weekly basis takes you through a college campus, you really yeah. see right. uh, young, attractive. Uh, young ladies on display and uh, it's just uh, the nature of being young uh, uh, young and young at heart uh, this warm weather sunshine bird singing the whole nine yards it kind of goes hand in hand with that it's kind of a no. around here after a long cold winter you know abundantly uh we, we had record snowfalls this year, so everyone is really excited about the arrival of spring. So I think that was a, a yeah. good trigger for today. Yeah, good. Let, Let's bring our listeners back to uh, today's show, which is based on Step 9
0: of the 12 Steps of AA. Mickey to men. So we were talking about uh, restitution when uh, we took our break, and uh, restitution is paying back, and I already explained that. So the other thing about, well, one other part of the 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 financial restitution piece, now that I'm thinking about it. And that is, I've always believed that those who engaged in prostitution, particularly at the uh, Asian massage parlors, uh, uh, are contributing to the slave trade. So all the dollars that they are spending on this is uh, continuing on the, the, uh, the uh, recruitment of women in China, uh, and in some cases Japan and the other Eastern uh, countries there to come here and kind of be indentured for four or five years where they're working uh, in these uh, massage parlors uh, for sexual favors for various amounts of money, so now we can't and we shouldn't and we wouldn't even want to think about tracking down these specific women uh, with whom we were involved, plus you know they rotate around they would be hard to find, and they're not using their real names anyway so. I I have encouraged some men along the way to think about uh, participating in uh, one of the ministries, and there there are uh, more ministries out there now than there ever used to be, that are trying to work within this uh, slave trade and uh, get these women out of it and so forth.
1: Yeah, there's a huge need for support of the organizations that are trying to battle what you're talking about is human
0: trafficking. Human trafficking, right.
1: Yeah, which is a gigantic problem in our country and in our culture, and it's uh, not a subject to be taken lightly. Lightly, So uh, I, I see your point being valid to as part of their amends to get involved in supporting organizations that are trying to uh, eliminate human trafficking.
0: Right, and so that kind of, uh, that kind of idea uh, segues me into, I think, the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of amends, and that is generally what we call vicarious amends. So uh, we can't make direct, direct amends to the actual people that we were involved with or that we harmed, uh, whether it's uh, the victims of, you know, ours that uh, we should not have contact with, like we discussed earlier, or it's, you know, women involved in uh, this uh indentured service this slave trade this whatever it is so we're going to have to think about uh, like in that case making contributions to a ministry who helps women and you know the women that they would actually wind up helping would be vicarious recipients of our amends because of our monetary contribution now going back to the idea that we can't have contact with uh the women that we directly abuse through affairs or the manipulation of them. My belief early on was that uh, I needed somehow to contribute to uh, a counseling center that worked with women who had been uh, sexually involved with pastors. And back in the 90s, uh, the early 90s actually, uh, I became friends with uh, the head of a Catholic uh, counseling agency actually over in St. Paul uh, that does exactly that they were certainly aware of priests and you know sexual abuse by a priest that way, and other you know counselors and that kind of thing, other pastors and so it was an ecumenical uh outreach which uh just had a counseling group which did have a fee attached to it uh to participate and uh I figured that you know one of the ways that I could make amends. Uh, indirectly to my direct victims would be to contribute money to that group uh, to pay for women who might not otherwise be able to afford that group. So uh, what I decided to do so that I didn't have to face any decisions uh, in the coming years about this is I decided to uh, create in my contract for my first book, you know, they always have, you know, royalty provisions and you know, how often you're going to get paid and what percentage you're going to get paid and all this. I uh, I asked the uh, publisher, Zondervan, uh, to create a percentage out of my royalties that every quarter when I get the royalty statement uh, or the royalty checks are made out, that uh, a percentage of the royalties would automatically just be paid to this counseling center over in St. Paul. Mm. And so that was uh, in 1991, 92. And uh, uh, to date, uh, that contribution is continuing. Yeah. Uh, So, in other words, here we are 25, 26 years later, and uh, still every quarter there's a check that goes to that counseling center. Well, uh,
1: showing how effective that is, you know, you might think, well, what can that uh, build up to? Well, when you realize that the book is in its ninth. has been reprinted nineteen times. Right. you know you yeah. can only imagine that that has turned out to be a pretty strong form of support for that organization. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I think as I hear you uh, describe these various um, ways to amend make amends, uh, it strikes me that I don't think most men, when they are acting out, don 't realize the financial repercussions right. of their actions That's i mean they 're not only devastating their marriage, their mm. relationship, their family mm. in many cases their careers but yeah. there's there's a real price tag
0: oh, yeah. uh, you oh, know yeah. that
1: that goes along with this so uh you know some guys uh it takes them to realize that that it does affect their bottom yeah, line their bottom line before they start to really look at you know, the results of their actions, you know. Yeah,
0: and part of what helps you shame reduce is to pay it back, you yeah. know, and to go to whatever length you need to do to do that. And uh, I'll be honest with you, Randy, I mean, it's been not a totally rare man that's taken me up on this, but, you know, generally the you know the wives have been graceful and that kind of thing and say, well, I'll just continue to work hard at my job and gradually I'll make it up that way. But for those of you that want something more direct, uh uh I would just challenge you to think about uh earning money somehow in an extra special way such as you can pay all that back. but I have one last thought about all of this uh amends stuff, and uh that is one one of the final ways we make amends is to uh tell our story to others because uh that's step twelve, and we'll get to that obviously but uh when we tell our stories, we're involved in prevention I think one of the the main ways to make amends. Uh, is to prevent others from doing similar sure. kinds of harm sure, so you know I've always considered it uh really special, as you know Randy, when we have now, and we have a greater influx all the time of younger men into our uh monthly workshops right. and you know to see these young you know twenty one twenty two twenty three you know- tw- whatever they are in their twenties guys that some of them are not married yet some of them are they're in the early days of their marriage, and they finally You know, wanting to get on top of this or, you know, get this, um, get sober uh, so that they don't create this kind of damage going into the future. And uh, I think when we uh, are doing that kind of work, telling our stories, encouraging these younger men, then that's one of the ways we're making amends.
1: I'm really glad that you brought that up, Mark, because it's a great way for us to close today's show. Um, We know that we have a ever-growing, and we're so grateful for it, an ever-growing listenership out there. And we know that we've got men everywhere from 18 to 80, uh, you know, listening. And um, we've got the Men of Valor workshop coming up next week. Right. Okay, next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, will be the April Men of Valor workshop here at Faithful and True. And we still have room for you. So if you're hearing this podcast now uh, here at the beginning, beginning part of April, we encourage you to visit our website, faithfulandtrue.com. Click on the Mendevaller Valor workshop, uh, and you can register right online by clicking on the April dates. We'd love to have you come. We'd love to have you uh, experience. what Mark is telling you about right now, because the men who walk in the door, they have the weight of the world uh, on their shoulders. It's visible to all of us. And if you have that shame, if you have that level of guilt and you're looking to to break free from it, uh, it's going to start with uh, Mark telling his own story. And uh, as we've seen so many times, When a man hears Mark tell his story, he realizes that there is no sin that God is unwilling to forgive. That's true. Okay.
0: Well, that's not a bad place to close, Randy, uh, that uh, the amends process is about being uh, proactive in uh, rebuilding your life and restoring trust and uh, restoring, um, wherever possible, the things that you've broken. And... uh, I think when we do that, we experience a level of freedom that we've never known before.
1: You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for joining us today on the Men of Valor podcast. We hope that this coming week for you is going to be a week that's filled with many blessings and great vision.